Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Make Trades Great Again podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Bradford White and Vega Pro Press. So we yeah we get the we get the the work order you know hey you guys can start at 10 p.m. and you can work until like four and it you know it's just one of those jobs where you're just like sweet okay cool you know let's let's go do this and you got and you were uh, getting paid double time yeah basically getting paid double time at that time because you know and a part of it was on the weekends I guess it would have been. Uh, I'd have to look at the, how the, I don't remember how the contract, we, we may have had uh, several hours that were overtime and then yeah. a, a chunk of it double time, but sure. Anyway, it's the same thing. Like you were just saying, you know, where you, you're taking chunks of cast iron out of the ceiling space. And in this particular case, above an operating room and you know, you cut, make a cut, you pick a piece of, uh, we had a, a whole stack of like 14 by 14 pieces of, uh, Visqueen yeah. that we had pre-cut. And you had a roll of duct tape, and you stick one over the end. You throw a couple of laps of duct tape around it, cut the other end off, do the same thing. I mean, well, you know, and even if you're not, I mean, hospital is extreme, right? Like we were just talking about before we started recording the, I was an apprentice and we, I worked for this cool company downtown Minneapolis and we repiped an entire, (laughs) the one that sticks out, it wasn't the only job. It wasn't like the legacy, but for the purpose of this story <laughs> we repiped a burger king on the street on uh, this high rise and we were in the basement repiping the waistlines overnights because they were open each day while we did this and through the you know the two by two or the two by four ceiling like ah uh, and then i'm telling you what man four inch cast no hub that is full from top to bottom of Greece, like full. Yeah, full. I, I've never saw anything <laughs> like that before in my life. It was insane. Do you know how heavy that is in two, <laughs> two, three foot sections? Yeah. Like two or three foot. Oh my insane. Especially when you're working on a ladder, you know, step ladder through the grid on a, I mean, I thought, <laughs> I thought there was no way we were going to do that job without like ruining the ceiling, like straight up wrecking it. But it worked out. All right. So uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Make Trades Great Again podcast. I'm Eric Ani, your host, along with my co-host, Andy Mickelson. Andy, uh, it is Friday. We usually record on a Thursday. So <laughs> we're looking forward to Yeah, technical <laughs> difficulties. We're looking, for, uh, looking forward to the weekend. And... I think what we should just re- just continue on what we were talking about last week. I didn't get through all the questions that were sent to us uh, from Instagram. Thanks, everybody, for sending those in. And on the topic of what we opened up with is, <laughs> this is from uh, Luke. Luke asks, what was the most dirty job you had to perform out in the field? So I know that <laughs> Burger King Repipe was not the most bur- dirty job I have ever worked on, but I want to know... Uh, if I just threw that question at you, cause I'm not even given you any time to prepare on this, what a top of your head, what was one of the most dirty jobs you ever had to do? So I'm going to break down dirty into two categories. One okay. is physically dirty yep. and two is disgusting. Okay. Yeah. So those are two, <laughs> two separate categories. Like, um, <laughs> like that yeah, kind of right. disgusting. Yeah. yeah okay. There's those. <laughs> um, 
And then there's um then there's uh dirty dirty. Uh dirtiest job ever was uh cleaning a oil fired boiler at a, at the uh Polson Hospital. Uh-huh. Uh, it was was a new boiler. Uh big I don't remember what brand that was. Big big. You like like walk inside big? Like walk in. Yeah. Like I climbed into the heat exchanger and okay. vacuumed the other end. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, boiler got started up on uh, during construction. Um, never got started up. Like actually had combustion analysis and all that stuff done. And yeah. It's a big oil fired boiler. And for some reason, they decided, well, we're only going to run it on low because we just need construction heat. So they ran it on low fire for like the winter. Oh. And then come spring, they were like, oh, the boiler's not working. And come to find <laughs> out that, I mean, we're talking, this boiler's probably like a three or four million BTU boiler. So it's got buckets of soot inside of it. Yeah, barrels. Barrels. Right? So we we bought a, uh, a soot vacuum. And I remember it specifically attaching to the top of a 55-gallon drum. Yeah, I can and see so you. Had, yep. Yeah. And it had like, you know, I don't know, regular vacuum hose. And my task was to climb inside the the burner hole (laughs) with a uh, Tyvek suit on and a respirator and go vacuum the boiler and clean the primary passages, you know, I mean, to start with. And then while I was inside, we had somebody on the outside running a flue brush in through the flu passages with another vacuum on the outside, just raining down on just you, raining soot. And I came out, uh, I mean, like yeah. the, sun, the sun does not penetrate soot. So, right. You, yeah. Crazy. You know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that I was don't in that, job. I don't in that scale at all, but I know what you mean about the soot. Like I've dealt with it, but not like that. Not even, I'm not even going to pretend to say that I've dealt with anything close to that. Uh, dirtiest for me <clears throat> was different kind of dirty though. I'm going to say this was my dirtiest job because it's, it didn't go away for weeks. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah. So I did the, this, we got a lot of Turkey farms in Minnesota. And okay. if you've ever been on a bird farm or near, if you've ever drove down the country road with the fresh air, you know when you're coming upon a bird farm. You've experienced it. The yeah. smell of the urine and feet, the the poop. It's it's it permeates your every part of your being, and right. it's very apparent that oh, there must be a turkey farm within a mile because holy crap, you can smell it. And <clears throat> I worked. I did a job when I was working for somebody. We got contracted to do. The in-floor heat, the radiant heating on a big slab, big slab, like um, like three or four combines fit in this barn that they built. And we did the right. the heating for it. And so I was there for, honestly, a couple of weeks doing this job. And at the end, tail end of the job, boilers up and running, that kind of thing. They said, hey, uh, can you come and look at these these burners, these heaters in the turkey barn? When we were just about done emptying these birds out of this barn, which you don't go in these barns if there's birds in them, by the way, um, they will kill you. I think they make movies about stuff like that right. around Halloween. And um, <laughs> and you go in there and we're like, as soon as we get the last birds out of there, we need you to look at these these 
uh, these heaters. And what they are is they're these open flame burners, basically just open burners that hang from the ceiling in these barns that heat. They're run on LP and they heat the barns with the turkeys in them. And they get all corroded and like they're made out of brass, most of them, because anything else would corrode and rot away because right. of the the turkey shit. Yeah. But anyway, so it's ammonia, isn't it? Yeah, ammonia is, is the issue. Yeah. Oh yeah. It that's what yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, so anyway, I walked through that barn for like three days cleaning <laughs> orifices and replacing <laughs> valves and getting these burners back up and running, which is probably like an annual thing for this farm, is pretty big farm. And uh, probably had not been done for a while. And I never did it again. You know why? Because I swear to God, I threw away my clothes. After, yeah. okay, the first day I did not. I went back. I got home. I'm like, my wife's like, oh my God, Heather's like, you got to, you could take your clothes off out in the garage. You, this is terrible. She could smell me for like a block away. <laughs> And so, like, I honest to God thought that as I laid down in bed that night after showering, that I could still smell it, like, in my nose, like, in my boogers, you know what I mean? So, long story longer, uh, eventually, I think I was, like, the next day, I think I actually threw my clothes away because, like, I couldn't, the first time, they didn't come clean. And then eventually, I replaced my boots because they, I think like a week later, I'm like, my boots still smell like that turkey farm. And so I threw them (laughs) away. You know, so like that, I know there's other stories, but that was my dirty job. Like I, I had to throw my stuff away. It was so, oh, it was terrible. And to this day, I, I've worked on turkey farms, but I don't want to work on turkey farms. Like if, like I will think twice when the call, if, when or if the call comes, if I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> what's your disgusting <laughs> my my disgusting one? We used to have a uh, what the heck was that place called? Baker Commodities. Um, Baker Commodities was a rendering plant. Um, so Ooh. if you had uh, dead animals, <laughs> yep. um, they converted dead animals into basically into grease. <laughs> liquefied them, Oof. pumped them into a truck, um, separated the hides and the bones and uh, dealt with the rest of it. And I had, they had a, a steam boiler, you know, a medium pressure steam boiler, 15 pound steam boiler or something like that, you know, seven, 800,000 BTU boiler in this little shed off of the side. And so if your family cow or your cow died or your horse died, you <laughs> your load the thing into your cow. truck <laughs> and you take this, take it down to this, the rendering plant, right? And they help you drag it out and they put it in a pile and it sits there and then they cover them with lime and, uh, <laughs> and they basically start to rot. Anyway, this is the most disgusting thing ever. So they use this high pressure or this medium pressure steam <laughs> to blast yeah. The, the, you know, the muscle and everything, the carcasses clean it off of the hide so they can salvage the hide. And they, 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 it is, is absolutely horrendous in this place. And I remember going in there and getting the call like, Hey, um, your next calls it at Baker. And I was like, ah, okay. And I, and I think if I remember right, it was like nine in the morning. 
And I remember the office saying, hey, you know, we got this. And then, you know, when you get done with that, we're going to send you out to Mrs. Smith's or whatever to, you know, put in a new garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah, and that ain't like, happening. <laughs> uh, can, can we flip flop those? Yeah. Because Mrs. Smith is not going to want me to even pull in her driveway after yeah. I leave Baker. And I go out there, uh, you know, so we did. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I go out. I'm looking. Pilot assembly is all corroded on this uh, burner. Kind of similar, similar kind of concept. And so I get in there and I got to lay on the floor. I mean, there's just no way around it. And I'm laying there on the floor and I'm looking down through like three quarters of an inch of maggot carcasses. Because oh. that, was, that was where it was warm. Out where the animals were at, it was cold. It was winter. So when it was winter, all of the maggots and everything would come into the building and they would be, you know, all day, you know, they would whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was horrible. Yeah. I, remember, I remember walking out, like leaving out of there and, and the, the manager was on lunch or something like that. And I remember walking out into the processing room to try and find somebody. And here's this guy and I'm just going, you have the worst job ever. And he's standing there with this, with these like hot work gloves, like yeah. these big, huge insulated, like mega welding gloves looking things. Yeah. And this Lance, that's got a, like a one inch steam hose hooked to it. And he's basically pressure washing hides. He's like, wa- like a lightsaber of steam. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you wake up you know, in the morning and you're like. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Clean the carcasses of those 42 horses that are laying out there. Yeah. That are loaded the size of a Yugo each. It was, yeah. And it was, it was just one of those places you just walked into and you walked out of there just green. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, (laughs) I remember like, like narrowly avoiding being put on a job that was for a, uh, a, a pork processing nearby. And I, I walked into the place. I was there for like 30 minutes one day and then I got called off to another job and I'm like, the things Ah. I saw in 30 minutes, (laughs) I never had to go back. So, but the things I saw, it just, it stuck in my conscious for a while. Okay. Next question. This one is from Andrew. Andrew asks, this is kind of, this is just a, I'm reading these in order that they came. That's all I'm doing. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What is the worst experience you've had with a customer? We've kind (laughs) of talked about this in the past. Have either of you had a customer lose their temper on you? Uh, He says, thanks guys. Love the podcast. Thank you, Andrew. So, I mean, don't get stuck on lose their temper on you, but have you ever had like a, just a really, what, what comes in mind when you, when he asks and Andrew says, what's the worst experience you've had with a customer? Um, I, you know, generally I've, I've had pretty good, pretty good responses. Um, I had to call a customer. We were doing a rough in, um, we're going to have a remodel and I was scheduled to start the rough in. And originally it was a single bathroom. Uh And I was like, okay, that's no problem. It was super busy. I don't think I had any employees at the time. I think it was before I had guys and I went to look at this job. And I had told them, hey, you know, let me know a couple weeks ahead of time so I can come, you know, like when you're framing, so I can come in and get an idea of what's going on. I can get materials ordered, blah, blah, blah. Well, I showed up and 
he says, okay, well, we're ready to have you come over. And I said, okay. So I show up there in between calls and it's a hundred percent framed. The house is sheeted and they're putting siding on. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. So I walk inside and it's now it's, so they have escalated from, we were going to remodel this bathroom to, and, and kind of reconfigure some walls. And that's where the framing came in. Yeah. To, we gutted the entire house and took all of the interior walls out, including all of the plumbing for three bathrooms type thing. And we're ready for you now. And they had started, like I say, they had closed up the exterior of the wall of the house. So now I got no way to get showers in there. And they had, they had um, three one piece showers that they wanted to put in. They didn't want multi-piece. And I'm like, all right, we're going to have to open that wall up. And I was just, I was, I was irritated, you know, cause I'm like, I, I don't have time for this. This is not at all what we talked about. Right. And the, the customer um, wasn't there. The builder was there. And I just said, I, dude, I, this is going to be weeks for me to get this done. I'm a, I'm a one man deal here. This is, yep. is not what we agreed upon. I would have, I would have never said, yes, I'll do this project for you, knowing that it's the scale just because it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I did. And I remember calling the customer. I left there and I was just pissed. And I left there and I was like, hey, listen, Tom, here's the deal. You know, it, it's going to take me two weeks to get out of the stuff that I get. I have to get done with all the stuff that I have going before I can start your job. Yeah, it's just the way it's going to be. Um, we don't have any of the material on site. I have to order the four piece showers that you're going to need now because you guys framed and didn't let me get the showers in the building. And. He just, he loses his mind. Yeah. Like, because I, I'm going to push his, his stupid guest house remodel back two weeks. Yep. And starts calling me all kinds of names, hangs up on me. You know, and I'm yep. like, all right, you know, whatever. He'll calm down. They'll call me back. He calls me back. I pick up the phone and I'm like, Hey man, I'm sorry. And he, and he just starts running. Just, you know, F you this blah, 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 blah. Oh and my I, God. Just, just was tearing me up and I'm sitting there trying to be, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I'm just going to keep my calm. I'm just going to keep my calm yep. and uh, I'm going to take it. And he eventually hangs up again and I've never talked to him since. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that was probably my worst customer experience. Um, I've, I've fired a few, quite a few customers though, where I've just been like, nope, we're not doing this. Have a nice day. See ya. We are done. I had a guy, I'm trying to think of, I've had run-ins with, well, not run-ins. I've had a couple instances. We've talked about that in the past where like the apprentice or another guy got into it on site, not a customer, not a builder, just like another sub. Trying to right. think of a bad situation that I've had. I've had a couple weird things happen. Like I did a boiler for a guy in our town here. Um, old house, historic house, really cool house, actually. And uh, so this might only be interesting to people who do heating systems. But so I, I get this boiler replacement. It's this giant, like seven or eight burner crown cast iron. <clears throat> it's all a cast iron baseboard system. And it's got this boiler in it that's was probably right sized when the house was built up, you know, a hundred years ago, or it was, it would have been the right size boiler for when, you know, before they did all the new windows, renovation, insulation in the walls, that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause this house wouldn't have had insulation when it was first built. Well, anyway, 
upgrades are done. He needs a new boiler. The thing shot, that kind of thing. So I put in this boiler and this boiler is sized according to the heat load calculation, everything like that. It's humming along, you know, new boiler hangs on the wall, high efficiency, that kind of thing. Well, first night goes, you know, with the boiler, a guy calls me like 630 in the morning, next morning. I didn't get the call. Uh, then later on, he calls me again. It's like 730. And then I talked to him. He's like, you got to come over here. This thing ain't working right. And I'm like, what do you, it was working perfect when I left, you know, pretty straightforward stuff. Cast iron baseboard. Like it's awesome for whatever. Um, Turns out this customer's expectations, which I've since learned to uh, address long before the new boiler goes on the wall. (laughs) This customer thought that because with his old system, he could turn the heat off at night. Right. Because he liked it cool in his bedrooms and it would heat up in the morning just fine because he had this boiler that was probably like three times the size it needed to be in a high temperature boiler at that. So, okay. Um, and it would recover quickly. So he would set back on his thermostat. He had like three zones in the house, something like that. He His setback was like 30 degrees. <laughs> so like if you wanted it 68 in your house or 70, he would set it back like, honest to God, like 40 degrees. Like it would, it would just shut the heat off right, right. overnight. And he would wake up and he's like, it's always 55 degrees in my house and you know, so actually loses that much heat for God's sakes. Old house, big. Right. And then it heats it right up when I wanted to at 630 in the morning or whatever. And, and yours didn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, because that's not how <laughs> shit it's works. Not, it's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> no, like the government. So my take on that is the government screwed everybody trying to tell sell everybody on, you know, energy star bullshit with these <laughs> thermostats back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You know. Setback, anybody listening wants to know my opinion, setback thermostats, I'll give you three degrees, five if you're lucky, depending on your house and the kind of heating system you have. Anything more than that, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an engineer, but to me, and I'm also not an economist, but I play one on TV, I'll tell you (laughs) what, you're not saving any money, and you're not going to be happy. Okay, that said, that was a weird situation, so the guy threatened to, like, he was like, I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not part of that bullshit anyway. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I put a heating system in that works. I basically spent like like hours trying to just talk this guy off the ledge. Like, you can't do that. But here's why. And if you don't do that, and if you follow these instructions, like, just set it back a few degrees. It'll cool off. Your house is old. It cooled down right away. And really, you only want, you know, do you want to sleep with, like, three blankets on your bed no come on you know so i got them talked down right that was a weird situation but i can't think of anywhere <laughs> it's at least not coming to me where there was like really bad right i've worked with some i've worked for people that didn't like me but you yeah. know <laughs> a lot of people don't like me <laughs> okay. okay with that <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not proud of it, but I mean, I'm just saying like there are other people that also don't like me. 
Um, I, I, I think one of the worst mistakes I ever made was I kind of like chastised a guy that was like, I'm never hiring you back again. And I was like, good. And he was like livid. It like oh, went yeah. off. And I was like, yeah, that was, I probably should have just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's never. Yeah. You don't really want to like throw it back at them. Um, no. This one's from Josh. We've talked about this many times. It's not something we can spend a ton of time today on, but I think we let's let's just cover it quick, real quick, because this is an episode in itself, and we'll keep having this conversation. How do you think we can get more kids to look at plumbing trade as a great career option? Um, you know, I'll start on that one. I think we just need to keep talking about it, keep showing stuff on social media, talk to the kids in your neighborhood, talk to your kids and just be like, look, this isn't the only thing that you you don't have to go to college or if you want to try uh, getting a summer job, that kind of thing. I think if you expose these kids to, um, there are kids out there that want to work hard. If you expose them to the opportunities of getting a summer helper job or something like that, that might help. But, you know, culturally we need to change our attitudes towards, um, working with your hands and just doing that blue collar work because it's just, it's shown in a poor light. That's my take on it right now. Yeah, I I'd agree. I mean, I think the only thing we can do, you, it's, it's, it's the trades are one of those things. It's really hard to prove um, until you've done it. And I think that that's, that's the hardest sell is that you can't take a, young person and say, Hey, um, the trades are like working at Starbucks. Cause it's not, you can't right. go do it for a little while and go, Oh, I didn't like that. And whatever, go off. Um, I think if in order, I didn't, I mean, I didn't like, I started like enjoying the trades early, like in my apprenticeship, like, you know, maybe even before I started my apprenticeship, cause I was a shop guy, you yep. know, it was, that was kind of when I was like, this is really cool. I mean, the yeah. stuff that we're doing, we're putting all this stuff together and we're like building this thing and it works. It does something at the end. Yeah. And you yeah. were, you were working around people that you looked up to, you learned yeah. to look up to because they were probably nice guys and stuff like that. Like, I think yeah. you have to see the whole picture. And that's what I'm, that's honestly what I mean when I say like, try to, if you think that the, a kid might do well, or you just think that like, Hey, uh, you need a job. You're 16. Maybe you can't do a whole lot at 16, but I bet you there's a plumbing company around that will say, yeah, we'll take a 16 year old to come and sh- sweep up the shop, to load up the vans, to yep. unload the boxes, whatever, yep. you know, explain, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. And that's one way to expose somebody to it. It's there's, yep. that's a, like I said, that's a topic that, ultimately has to be its own episode and it's something we'll never stop talking about. I know I think, and I think the conversation has changed a little bit too. So that's, you know, for the good. Yep. Um, moving on. This is, I don't know his name. It's a, just a, okay. Uh, (laughs) when's that sprink guy coming back on? (laughs) Yeah. So when's okay. so it's so when's is Chad it, was coming? Written by, was this written by like Chad Killer and like no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I <laughs> I had to. I screenshotted this one and sent it to Chad too. He laughed. He's like, "Is that my kid?" 
<laughs> and I'm like, no. He's like, I'm surprised because it's probably the only person that wants me on your podcast. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> Chad. Chad is a good friend, and we want him back on. We'll get him back on one of these days. Um, keep going here. Uh, oh, here's a good one. This one's for you, Andy. Uh, this one is from Taylor. It says, hey, Eric, I have a small remodeling company in Pittsburgh. And my question is, at what point do you know it's time to hire a helper? I have too much work that's becoming overwhelming for me and to keep up with a loan, but not sure if I have enough to sustain a full-time helper. Any insight would be appreciated. Thanks for all you guys do on the trades. That is, that is like my life in a... Text message, man. I'm telling you, I'm looking to you, Andy. Solve all our problems. No, no pressure. But seriously, like, how do you decide? Because honestly, when I think about hiring somebody, my very first thought is, I have work now, but will I have work next month? Like, honestly, that's my, that's my, that's the hitch in my giddy up. Right. Yep. Like I can't get past that in my head. Yep. Have you ever thought about balancing a pickup truck on a thimble? That's- <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> I got a feeling that's, is that, uh, is that like a metaphor for something? Yeah, kind of a metaphor. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Um, it, what I would say about that is, you will you'll quickly realize that um hopefully the the person you hire yeah um is capable of doing the tasks that you do yeah that's that's end goal like number 1 okay i got a guy now um now i got to find out how to keep us busy and yep. what that will turn into is i have to figure out how to keep them busy yeah and you'll figure out what to do in the free time because you're going to be looking for work in your free time Right. That's, that's what's going to fill in your free time. Um, in I, I, we were we talked about this with Brad here a few weeks ago. The, in my experience, hiring that first guy is like a dumb luck t- kind of thing. Okay. Hopefully, you walk across that guy that's like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm really, I'm pretty good at this stuff. I really enjoy it. I just hate business. Yeah. That's the guy you want because the reason why you want that guy is he he may have potentially dabbled in business already. He's got some understanding of, uh, or he or she, I shouldn't say he, they've got some understanding of, of what some of those hurdles are that you're going to be up against as the boss. And they know that they want to work, right? Because they need a paycheck or they're looking for a paycheck in exchange for work. And you really, you got to be, you got to be prepared. If, if right now you're saying I need to, I I think I need to hire someone, you're going to convert that to, I need to hire someone and you need to start acting on that. Um, Start acting on that in the sense that um, I need to buy a truck. If you do, or you don't, if you don't need to buy a vehicle, then don't Um, start looking at your business as a, as an investment um, quit, you know, quit looking at it as a job because now you're going to need to invest in that business. You need to prepare to have an employee, um, 
whether that's, you know, getting somebody to do your bookkeeping, do your accounting, um, you know, you can do that all in house if, if your business is of size, but you need to be prepared with tools, the insurance, the licensing, the workman's comp, um, you know, health insurance, retirement, whatever those things are that you may not be doing yourself, but are going to need to do in order to maintain employees. Well, and so Taylor's question, you know, in his situation is, uh, well, he or, I'm sorry, Taylor, he or she, because I don't know. I think a he, but either way, um, you know, they, Taylor says they have a small remodeling company. So if they're working alone and he's looking for a helper in this instance, he's maybe they're probably not going to find that person that is like wanted to go out on their own, but you know, like you're explaining and I yeah. hear what you're saying, and I remember the conversation with Brad that's all good points. But, like, in this situation, they're looking for somebody, to me, that is there to help them. Right. Like, train. Yeah. Yeah, to train, to be that extra hand. Okay. In that situation, yeah. to me, you know, in, in our industry, that would be an apprentice, right? right. Uh, and eventually, that apprentice would be trained into a point where they could work on their own and do the same work you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking it a little more literally or just a different path. And so my thoughts on that are different than hiring somebody to work out in a van, you know, again, back to our work, work out on right. their own doing, you know, representing our company, doing jobs independently for us. Um, so I would be less worried about keeping that kind of person, you know, the apprentice, the helper that, you know, busy because First of all, if you've got enough work that keeps you busy, no matter what, you're not having any downtime, then you have enough work to keep two people busy if that person is your right. your assistant, basically. And, and you know, what a great opportunity to train somebody. Training people, though, costs money. So you have to look at it that way. What, do you, what are you looking to pay and how much are you expecting to get out of it? Because if they're not out there making you income, they're costing you money. And, you know, different kind of scenario, maybe. But yeah, you're, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, you just have to be prepared. You got to put everything in a row. I know yeah. I'm, I'm held up with that all the time. Like, how do I make that first step? That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Um, yeah. With okay. But before we bounce off of that, with that prepared portion of it, um, at least have a plan in mind. I mean, at this point you're saying, Hey, I'm super busy right now. I'm going to hire this guy. Expect to get busier. That's, that's kind of the direction I would, I would say expect to get busier. Um, that once you hire that person, helper or professional or whatever, um, ideally you want your business to grow because that's kind of what you're gaming for. And, uh, the there's I think there's a, a, a usually a misconception. I know it was with me that oh I'm gonna hire a guy and I'm gonna have this free time to to do these things that I've been wanting to do, you know, to get the business organized. It's not coming. <laughs> well that <laughs> it's just yeah. So you know, what so. you just said plays into the next question from Mohawk's home services. For the love of God, yeah. how do I make the jump from one truck to two? Yep. Same same concept. Same thing. Yep. So in my instance, I don't have 
I can't speak to it the same way you can, Andy, but I'll say a couple things. I think a lot of people in this, in the trade businesses, services, trades, things like that, are stuck on the idea that they're the only ones that can do it as good or do it that they're the only ones you can't, you know, yeah. nobody's going to come. I'm not going to find somebody I can, I can, you know, uh, what's the word? I'm trust to do the job the way I would do it, how I would do it. You know, like, so I think too many people in this industry think that they can't hire somebody. It's going to be just as good or even better than them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that, do yeah, you I, I, agree with that? Daily. Yeah. So daily. Yep. If you were trying to move from one truck to two, and I'm not calling Mohawk home services out on this because I don't know, but I honestly think that a lot of people get stuck on that. Like, I'm going to bring somebody to work for me as a helper. That's one thing. But then I want to put them in a vehicle and move them on, you know, let let them go out and make me money. You, you just got to look, you can't be overseeing everything all the time. No. Like, you have no. to make that jump. So how do you do that? You have to, you have to take that leap, that jump and put the trust into that employee. Yep. <clears throat> You've hired that person to come do what they do, right? They, uh, the, the, here's the process. I'm looking for a help. I'm looking for an employee. Okay. X number of employees, hopefully apply. Uh, you go through your interview process and they tell you what they think you want to hear. Right. That's, that's what a job interview is. Um, hopefully they're, um, you ask the right questions and you're truthful and, or they're truthful. And, and I actually know how to do these things. Right. Um, you put them out in the vehicle and you pretty much have to turn them loose. You know, can you go work, you know, work with them for a few weeks, get them, get them the, you know, learn the paces. Absolutely. And I'd highly recommend it. Now, can you go out and hold their hand? No, you can't. You need to let that employee run with it. They, um, they have to be able to get comfortable doing it on their own without you under their thumb. Yeah. And that doing it under your thumb. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want them to do it your way, but their way isn't going to be textbook, you know, according to plan. Like it might just be a little different than you would have done. Like that's what I'm getting at too. Like, I think that that's a big thing for a lot of contractors like us that are small and trying to expand. They think that they're the only ones that can do their job, and it's just not true. Yeah. It, it's it's not true. There's there's lots of people out there that are that are fully capable. I mean, are they going to do it the same way? Most likely not. And on that note, you have to account for that, and you have to you have to plan for that. And it, it's it's tough. Um, I know as a, a plumbing and heating business, uh, it's one one of the challenges is 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 going and looking at a job and going. Okay, how's how's Chris going to look at this? I I would do it this way, you know. Yep. Here's the material I'm going to bid, and if I give him the material and sit down with him and spell out this is how I planned it, he'll probably go do it very close to that. But if I just say, um, you know, we're going to replace this water heater, go grab a water heater, and I've looked at it in my mind and said, oh, I need all these fittings, and I, if I don't tell him that. He's going to do it different. I guarantee it. And you have to be okay with that because you didn't tell him how you wanted it done. Right. Yep. And so you have to, you have to be, you have to be willing to let, let the reins loose a little bit and let them do what they do. Ultimately, you know, and, and it's different 
you know, different trades or different are going to have different skill sets yeah. um, or different uh, levels of skills, I guess, if you will. Uh, and you've got to, you've got to, I ran into it here earlier this week. Um, you have to be willing to throw that person kind of into the wolves a little bit or, or push them yeah. into a hard situation because they're never going to learn the tasks that you need them to learn until you force them into a position where they have to really think like, okay, how am I going to do this? You know, you give them enough information to make sure they're not going to fail miserably, but you've got to go, you have to be able to let them go do that and learn those, some of those mistakes. Hopefully the mistakes are little and they're not expensive. Yeah. Well, you know what you're talking about though, too. Think about it. Um, and people listening that are thinking about hiring somebody and wondering, like, how do I just get that person out there and do that work? I'm not talking about hiring the person, so, but trusting that person and whatnot and just knowing the process. Of, think of how you got to where you're at. Honestly, yeah, I'm thinking same. as you're talking about that, throw them to the wolves, make them figure it out. Like they just have to. That's what we did when we went out on yeah. our own. Yeah, That's exactly absolutely. what, how did you get to the point, Andy, where you could troubleshoot a freaking heating system, electronics, gas, whatever, and just be like, this is the problem. Uh, you didn't just learn that at class and in a book no. and somebody didn't just show you like you were shown a lot of things. Yes, but you had to go out. You had yeah. to figure it out on the spot and you had to l- make a lot of mistakes to do it. Yep. And, you didn't. As an employee, you have to have to hope that your your boss, your employer, recognizes that mistakes are hopefully learning experiences. They do cost money, yeah, and they're worth the expense, right? And and I, I it's it's one of the that was one of the biggest challenges as an as an, a young employee or employer was to be able to go. It's okay. We lost money on that job. You know what? That sucks. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay. Um, we're going to look at that. Yeah. And we're going to move forward. We're going to, we're going to not next time. We're not going to do that. All right. Well, you know, there's a lot of good questions here. We covered, I think as much of it as we can, I think, you know, look, expanding your business seems to be the topic of the day or hiring that first person or, you know, how do you handle customers, you know, that kind of thing. There's a lot there to digest. I had a lot of fun talking about Andy and I always appreciate your insight. Thanks so much for being the voice of reason because, you know, without you, I couldn't answer all these questions. What do you think about (laughs) anything to add to that? I think we probably got to wrap it up. It's getting a little long and we're having some technical difficulties. So, Damn it. Did I lose you? Are you there? I'm here. Yeah. You, Should I? You like started talking. As soon as you started talking, you went big, little, big, little, big, little, big, little, big, little. And I was like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Okay. Let's see if we can do this again real quick. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try to wrap it up and then I'll just leave it to you to say, yeah. Okay. It was fun. Have a good day. All right, man. Well, that's that's probably a wrap on this episode. Lots of cool questions. Thanks so much to everybody that sent them in. 
I look forward to doing this again in the future. Hopefully you got some good information, maybe a little entertainment out of that. Andy, thanks so much for your insights and your knowledge on, on helping us talk about, you know, expanding, hiring that person. And I appreciate it, man. Have a good day. 